Uh, the new milk and honey are at the back, if you uh, care to pick those up, you'd appreciate that. <clears throat> now my, my purpose tonight was uh, to begin a sort of overview of the, the epistle, why it was written, when and where. And uh, <clears throat> then give an outline of the the book that you don't need to follow, uh, but it's it's one uh, of a series that I've used in the past, and I think they're very helpful. And uh, then, as I've done in the past. Uh, issue a question sheet, if you will, or a study sheet. I'd hope to have that ready for tonight, but the past little while has not been kind to me. Hopefully it will be ready by by Sunday, and that will give you enough time to check. Could you turn with me then? Please to to First Peter, chapter one. We'll just read that chapter as a, a beginning tonight. Verse one, Peter an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations or trials, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, Though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love, in whom, though now you see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, 
who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desired to look into. Wherefore, give up the lines of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts of your ignorance, but as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation or manner of life. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear, for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, what was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised them up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. The Lord will add a blessing to uh, the reading of his word. A few weeks ago we looked at what the scriptures told us of the life of the Apostle Peter and found that by design they told us very little since they were written to display Jesus Christ as the Messiah, uh, the Son of God, to include anything more than necessary regarding this <coughs> regarding his followers, would and occasion did lead to hero worship. I am of Paul. I am of Apollos. I am of Peter. 
As it happens, there's more information about Peter than any of the others, and we're able to learn the character and the temperament of this one who developed into the leader of the disciples. I'd like you to review what you can learn of Peter in his years spent with his Lord and the other disciples. And as we study this, his first epistle, see how he has changed, what lessons he has learned, and how he is filling the Lord's command to feed my sheep. Because we could learn a fair bit about Peter, about his character and his personality. And we want to see if that has changed as we read through what he is now passing on. Peter is reckoned to have been about the same age of of the Lord, which would make him about 34 at the time of the crucifixion. The dates given for the writing of this epistle vary from about AD 60 to AD 64, based on the fact that Nero set fire to Rome and A.D. 64, and blamed the Christians for it. Many fled to surrounding countries to avoid persecution from both Romans and Jews, but there had been earlier persecutions, so we can't say for sure what these strangers or sojourners, (coughs) when they had been forced out of why. Peter at the time of writing would have been about 65 years old. As you read, look for signs that during the years after the crucifixion, he had experienced much of what these people were experiencing, and that the Lord had indeed changed his unruly spirit. The purpose of writing was to encourage Christians who had been dispersed due to edict of persecution and were now living or traveling through foreign lands. It was also to show the Jewish converts that Peter and Paul believed and taught in the same doctrines. Now, who were those strangers and sojourners? Peter writes to the strangers or sojourners scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, all provinces of what was then Asia Minor. It's now Turkey. Some terms and arguments Peter uses, such as elect, the prophets, a lamb without blemish, and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus seemed to indicate he was writing to Christian Jews. Others that he uses would favor a Gentile audience. The people whom he had been writing had been idolaters. And he says in <coughs> Chapter 4, for the past time, 
of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles, for we walked in lasciviousness, lusts, excess of wine, revelings, banqueting, and abominable idolatries. I, I doubt that this would apply uh, to Jewish Christians. He speaks of the former lusts of your ignorance. As obedient Christian, uh, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts and your ignorance. would never be said of Jewish people that they grew up ignorance, ignorant of God's will for them. He speaks of their vain manner of life in verse 18. For as much as ye know that ye are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation or manner of life received by tradition from your fathers. Again, I doubt that this would be said of Jewish people. And Paul uses uh, similar phrases writing to the Ephesians. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of your mind. The same terms, the vain manner of life and the vanity of your mind, written by Paul. And he says in 2 and 10 that they were not a people at one time, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Again, uh, that would not be written of the Jewish people. By this late date, most of the New Testament had been written and the church had become more homogeneous. So it's likely that the letter was designed to meet the needs of any and all people undergoing persecution and <clears throat> disruption in their lives. It's true that Peter was the apostle to the Jews, but he was also the first to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. Place of writing is stated as Babylon. Chapter 5 and 13. The church that it is at Babylon, elected together with you, salute you. And so doth Marketh, my son. At that time, Babylon and, and Syria was a a remote, insignificant place, and there is no record uh, of a Christian church, nor of Peter being in that area. It is thought by some that Babylon is used to refer to Rome, uh, but they don't give any reason uh, for doing that, even though it may well have been a good description of the moral condition uh, existing then. Much later, the Apostle John would use the same term. 
Revelation 18 and 21. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall the great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. And it's generally accepted that the references to Babylon in Revelation do indeed uh, refer uh, to Rome, the city, and the whole principle. Another difficulty is that there is no indication in Scripture that Peter was ever in Rome. Paul never refers uh, to him in any of his letters to Rome or from Rome. One writer, David Egner, who was a radio Bible class uh, preacher, says in his notes, The book of First Peter is a tender and sensitive study and contrasts. Two themes run currently throughout the book, suffering and glory. The Apostle faced the facts realistically that he and his fellow believers were being persecuted. Yet he lightened their burden and gave them hope by shifting their attention from the suffering of the moment to the glorious future that awaits all who believe in Christ. It seems that the epistle was widely circulated in the early years of the church and was quoted by many of the so-called church fathers such as Irenaeus, Tertullian and Clement of Alexandria in the late 2nd and early 3rd century and had a strong impact on the growth and development of the church. And so if it worked for them in their day, it will certainly work for us in our day. And as we look around and we uh, we see daily on television the plight of refugees as they <coughs> move from one town to another with no welcome, I think we can get a picture of what was happening uh, to the Christians in that day. Nobody wanted them. They didn't understand them. Bad things happened. Christians were handy. We could blame them. And they did. We mentioned Nero. It's believed that (coughs) Nero had a, a rebuilding project in mind for Rome. Uh, but there were areas that uh, were poor areas that he wanted rid of the people in them. He couldn't uh, 
he couldn't just go in and throw them out without it reflecting badly on him. So it would appear that the fire was uh, a good way out. Once the fire was set and burned for many days, uh, time came to blame someone for it. And uh, the Christians uh, were handy. And so the Romans persecuted them. The Jews persecuted them. I'm not sure if it was an edict at the time that they had to leave, but it was certainly more comfortable for them to leave. And these and others who before them had been persecuted had gone all over the Roman Empire and beyond. I'm still reading of uh, the fact of, uh, the possible fact of uh, Britain certainly, uh, the southern part and maybe even up into uh, to Scotland uh, had the effect of the Christians who traveled around during these persecutions. And so God uses strange ways uh, to, to accomplish what he wants to do. And so we have been left with these two epistles. Uh, as I say, they walked in Peter's day. Uh, they worked in the centuries that followed. And I firmly believe that they have uh, the purpose for us today. Uh, to understand what it is uh, to be without home, uh, to be confused in what one should believe, to be faced with differing views from about different leaders, and to need the assurance that the scriptures that we have are the things uh, that we need. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, I'll be passing these out uh, tonight, and you've probably seen something similar from me before. This is uh, from... book known as the Outline Bible. Uh, I believe it's probably older than I am or uh, certainly from my youth by a man called Robert Lee. It was given at the Mild May Conference Hall Bible School and I'd say it was probably back in the 30s, 40s uh, or thereabouts in which he breaks down every book in the Bible uh, into to bite-sized pieces uh, so that they can be followed and the structure understood the message and the, pur uh, and the purpose. 
So these sheets um, for the first epistle of Peter breaks it down. Uh, for whom was it written? Its purpose. And the fact that Peter himself can be seen to have been transformed over the years gives the key words. The word precious was evidently a favourite for Peter. Seven precious things are mentioned. For Peter, the thing that marked him was hope. Paul was called the apostle of faith. John, the apostle of love. Peter, the apostle of hope. Peter's great on election, foreknowledge, trinity, the vicarious death of Christ. Peter was most teachable and never forgot his lessons. The key word is suffering. A strange word, I certainly wouldn't have picked it out. Uh, myself. The word in its equivalent is found 21 times in the short epistle and gives the message of the book. The sufferings of Christ are referred to it in every chapter, though never once in the second epistle. And so he breaks the book down into five sections. Salvation, holiness, fellowship, glory, and suffering is common to all. Now, I won't be following that outline, but I think it's a valuable one, and that's why I've printed them off for you, and I think you can enjoy them yourself. Uh, my purpose is, as I have mentioned, to have uh, each session uh, to have a series of questions on the next chapter or section that we'll be looking at to give you a chance to study it and hopefully have some uh, conversational uh, thoughts going on each time rather than have one person deliver the message in the night. So I'm hoping that you will take the time uh, <clears throat> to study it and prepare. Now, I, I have to say that I think my body's telling me that I perhaps should have stayed home tonight. So if you don't mind, uh, I'll finish at that. Now, Father, we'd again thank Thee for Thy help throughout the day. We'd pray again for Joseph and the family that You'd help and strengthen them. And we'd pray for this study. Ask that You'd be pleased to uh, give each one a desire to learn why this letter is in the Scriptures. 
why it was so helpful to the people almost 2,000 years ago, why it was so important to the establishing of the church in the first centuries, and what it should mean to us today. So, Father, bless each one. Take us to our home in safety. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'll put uh, these at the